Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. All of us occasionally have nightmares, but night terrors are distinctly different. They can be paralysing and terrifying. Alice Vernon has experienced them for most of her life and is the author of Night Terrors, Troubled Sleep and the Stories We Tell About It. Good afternoon, Alice. Hi. Uh, so, uh, so when did you, well, as far as you can you, you remember, did you first have a night terror experience? Yeah, well, night terrors are, are something called parasomnias, which is a, a kind of un- umbrella term for any sort of disordered sleep that involves involuntary movement, hallucinations, nightmares, anything like that. Um, and when I was a, a child, I used to sleepwalk. Um, I used to hide my teddies. I ripped pages out of my sister's books. Sorry, sisters. Um, and yeah, since then, it's kind of developed where I have hallucinations. I have sleep paralysis. Um, the actual night terrors disorder is the only thing I don't have. Oh. Um, yeah, but everything else is is kind of like a, a bingo card of uh, tripled sleep every time I go to bed. And on that bingo card, Alice, is there a distinct difference between those kinds of experiences and just having a dream? I mean, can you have both? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so parasomnias are anything that is kind of involuntary in terms of, of, of movement and, and these hallucinations, but they are, they do stem from dreams. So when we dream, um, say we're, we're dreaming about playing tennis, our brain is paralyzed. It paralyzes us so that we're not actually acting out playing tennis when we're in bed. Um, but sometimes we wake up before we're really supposed to um, and we kind of experience that paralysis and our brain tries to make up a reason as to to why we're paralyzed and it will hallucinate a, a witch or a monster sitting sitting on your chest and that comes from you know that that dreaming part of our, our brains really um, and there's a, actually a really interesting parasomnia called lucid dreaming where you realize that you're dreaming while you're in the dream which is quite bizarre mm. uh, now i mean and, and i think for, for lucid dreaming as well a lot of people work very hard so they're able to, to be able to lucid dream oh yeah yeah well it, it, it's had a um for many hundreds thousands of years it has a, a real kind of spiritual connotation for for some religions as a kind of way of um, you know, having an, an epiphany or a religious experience. But nowadays, there seems to be a kind of real cultural movement for trying to learn how to lucid dream so that you can be productive in your dreams and finish that PowerPoint presentation in your dreams and all those sorts of things, which is quite different to... Um, to, to some of its sort of more original religious and spiritual connotations. Yeah. So, how, and, uh, is this something you're trying to do as well, or you managed to be able to do? I seem to do it naturally. I think lucid dreaming is just part of, you know, that, that bingo card, really. It seems to all be connected somehow in terms of my brain doesn't really stay asleep when it's supposed to. Um, so it is something that naturally happens to me. But one of the interesting things that can be done with lucid dreams is that um, quite a few studies are, are being done in terms of using lucid dreams to help people with, with PTSD um, and nightmares because they can use the lucid dream and they can learn to lucid dream to change the direction of, of the nightmares that haunt them when they go to bed. Mm. That would be yeah, obviously a very useful uh, thing to do. Yeah. And, and, and your experience of it and, 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 other people's experience of that. I mean, a lot of these things, when you read des- uh, um, descriptions of them, 
they sound absolutely terrifying. Are they always terrifying? You know, can you ever reach a point of saying, oh, not this again? Yeah, it's it's weird. So some some of these parasomnias are, are scarier than others. I think sleep paralysis is definitely the worst because not not only are you hallucinating, but it feels real as well. So for me, I always feel disembodied hands. I feel like hands around my neck and, mm. and dragging me down the mattress by my ankles and, and things like that. And even though I've done so much research and I've rationalized it to death and I've literally written a book about it, still now, every time I have sleep paralysis, rationality goes out of the window. And I, it's just the the most bizarre and, and spine tingling experience because it just feels so real. Yeah. How, how can your brain come up with that? So pre- presuming humans have been having these kind of uh, uh, nighttime experiences for as long as there have been humans. It, it, does it, uh, pr- is it perhaps a partial explanation of uh, uh, ideas about the supernatural and the like? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, in the sort of 1890s, there was this big survey done um, of people to see if they had hallucinated or, or seen anything weird in their sleep. Um, and so many people reported back, but the the anecdotes they were telling were very much sort of influenced by the the cultural iconography of the Victorian era. So lots of skeletons and and gruesome things like the you know Gothic fiction and, and Dracula and things like that. But nowadays, um, sleep paralysis and and some some of those parasomnias that are used to explain astral projection and alien abduction, which is far more kind of in our cultural. Um, iconography really so I think culture really does influence um, sleep disorders and vice versa as well the things that we see in sleep disorders can influence you know certain things in in culture as well it seems though at the same time people don't speak about parasomnias that much uh, um, um, so perhaps because other people if you tell somebody about these experiences they might infer this is mental illness of some sort Yeah, absolutely. I think because these, you know, disorders have had connotations of of the supernatural and of witch trials and insanity and that kind of thing, people don't talk about them. And I think some people think that they're alone in, you know, hallucinating spiders in their bed and having sleep paralysis. But it's far more common than we think. About 70% of us will experience one of these things in our lifetime. Um, and I think it's just about opening up and, ha- and having that conversation. And so that, you know, when you ask the question, how did you sleep last night? It's far more than the hours that you slept or, or how long it took you to sleep. It's whether you saw a skeleton coming towards you or something. Yeah. And has any or any progress been made on what perhaps uh, prompts these experiences? There's so many different things. I mean, uh, it can be hormonal. It can be, um, you know, that you've watched a scary movie. It can be expectation sometimes as well. Um, But also it can be, not always though, but it can be a a precursor to neurological degenerative diseases as well, um, such as dementia and and Parkinson's. So it is a symptom of, of some of those, but it can just be, you know, that you've, you've gone to stay in a, a hotel that's a bit spooky and you think that there might be a ghost and that hmm. triggers a sleep paralysis experience for you. And it's it's nothing to do with eating cheese or anything like that? Well, it's always a rumour that goes around. Um, allegedly, uh, Bram Stoker ate some bad seafood and that was why he wrote Dracula because he had a really <laughs> bad nightmare after some, after some bad seafood. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes if, if you eat something that makes you feel a bit ill, probably 
feeling ill in the night will disturb your sleep and perhaps, you know, give you a, a nightmare or something. Um, but whether it's actually cheese, who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, I, and is there any correlation between, I mean, you teach creative writing, obviously, mm-hmm. then you have, you're an imaginative person. Is there a correlation perhaps between this and having a strong imagination? Yeah, per- perhaps. Um, so Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, he used to say that all of his ideas and all of his work came from the little people um which was the name he he called for his his dreams essentially he thought that his dreams were created by these little people um and that's where his ideas came from and i think you know throughout my book i've i've found doing this research that you know so much of how dreams and and disordered sleep is represented comes from writers and and artists making these strange stories and, mm. and pieces of artwork what was the dream where you looked at yourself in the mirror? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was an episode of sleep paralysis. Um, so I had a, a dream where I was looking, it was in, in my bedroom in the dark, and I was looking at myself in the mirror, and I was sort of, you know, waving and, and smiling. And at first, my reflection was matching my movements, but then it sort of moved out of sync, and uh, the reflection was moving after me. Uh, and then I wasn't sure if I was the reflection and it all got very confusing. And I woke up in, in sleep paralysis, so I couldn't move. And I tried to rationalize it. I thought, you know, this is just sleep paralysis. I'm going to feel a weight on my body, maybe a hand around my neck. Um, but then it kind of felt like this malevolent presence that was in my dream was now with me in the sleep paralysis. But rather than being a weight on my chest, which is the usual kind of sleep paralysis feeling, it felt like um, these horrible sort of eel-like ribbons going into my skin and wrapping around my bones and kind of moving for me. And it was just awful. It was one of the worst sleep paralysis experiences I've ever had. So, wow. <laughs> I know. Okay, top that, uh, anyone. Because what's interesting what you've described there, because it's often a cinema trope that someone's having a dream and then they wake up from the dream, but they're still in another dream. Mm, yes. Yeah, that's called a false awakening. Yeah. Um, there's actually a term for that. But that's um, quite kind of linked to lucid dreaming. So if you have those, you're probably not far off being able to lucid dream. Um, yeah, crikey. Uh, Margaret says one of our listeners that she experiences night terror dreams and night paralysis from yo-yoing between day duty and night duty and work. So that's one of the many causes for it, uh, I would have thought. Alice, yeah. thanks a million for speaking with us today. It was Alice Vernon there. She's the author of Night Terrors, Troubled Sleep and the Stories We Tell About It. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.